0: Everybody to episode four of Rift Happens. We are doing it, uh, we're doing VOD again. We are, we're here. So uh, I'm Justin T, you're one of your hosts, joined by my infamous co-host, Ronnie B, who's got a more of a bland background this week.
1: Yeah, hoping, uh, you know, hoping the, the background was the issue last week with my pixelated camera. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe with the flat, Orange with the, you know, with the little bit of white over here on the side. Maybe that'll, it'll, that'll fix it. I don't know. Now I'm, I'm actually, I'm back up at the school today. Uh, you know, I'm not a teacher, so I don't get summer off like a lot of you guys do. So uh, I'm back up at the office, and my office is way less cool looking than my, my game room at home. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for shouting me out. I know this orange wall is gonna be. <laughs> really fun to look at yeah
0: <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta keep each other honest <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely uh, cool all right so episode four uh we're gonna mix things up a little bit uh and do things out of order uh we're gonna start with a brand new segment this week called things i wish i knew earlier and we've actually got some mailbag submissions from some of our listeners i'm, I'm super excited about that uh, we're gonna do a patch 11.13 check-in, and then at the end we're gonna recap what's been going on in the Coach Rival season. So uh, that being said, if anybody that is brand new that has stumbled upon our podcast, if you're unfamiliar with Coach Rivals, uh, we are a collection of high school and collegiate coaches all across the the world. Now we're now we're uh, we're international, and uh, just pushing scholastic uh, esports further and just making it better. Um, you know, helping each other out, training new coaches up getting experienced in the in the games that our students are playing our student athletes are playing rather uh and just again just pushing the space forward so you can check out more of that at coachrivals.gg. check us out at twitch at twitch.tv slash coachrivals as well as our youtube channel that same channel name coach rivals all right so (laughs) that being said let's hop into our first segment is things I wish I knew earlier, and this is kind of one of those where we're we're looking at um, things that you really wish you knew earlier in League of Legends that uh, maybe you know, took your game to the next level. Things that maybe you struggled with for so long at the beginning, and then when you finally you know learned it, it was kind of this light bulb moment. And and Ronnie, I know we took two different approaches. To this, because I did get a sneak preview of your answers, uh, which is good. I, I like it. I'm glad we're doing it. But we're going to actually start with you first. We're going to take your number one there. I'm going to slide this box down. Uh, hit us the first thing you wish you knew earlier in League of Legends.
1: Ooh, fancy. Okay. Yeah. So number one for me is uh, QSS, right? if some of you are wondering what that even means, right? Uh, I'm going to explain, trust me. So QSS is a is an item, right? So it stands for Quicksilver Sash, and you may have heard it tossed around every now and then in your games. If you're playing a specific champion. The reason I wish I had known about QSS earlier and and that I wish most new players uh, knew about QSS kind of when they get started Is because of how powerful of a tool it is in certain matchups. You know, if you're playing, uh, oh, I'm no, I'm noisy. Okay.
0: No, no, No. you can. Okay. No, I'm I'm gonna (laughs) throw it at. uh, uh, (laughs) Robbie was saying, let open the door and let my dog in. Oh my no, gosh! Always okay. hear his nails like hit on the on the laminate flooring. So okay, uh, we but... love your
1: dog. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> no, no. But I was like, oh no, I'm noisy. Let me check my sound levels. Okay, uh, okay. So yeah, QSS. Right, it's it's a very powerful tool. Uh, what it does, right? Let's say you get ulted by Mordekaiser, or you've been taken. You know, you're taken to the death realm. It's kind of the worst case scenario. Or Malzahar ults you, and you're stuck in place. Those feel really bad because there's not a lot you can do other than just kind of fight Mordecai's or the death realm and help you come out on top or, you know, deal with all the damage that you get burst from uh, Malzahar. Well, QSS is one item that you press whatever key you have it, you know, hotkey two, one, two, three, whatever, and uh, you are immediately cleansed from that ability. It works on a lot of stuff. Uh, it doesn't work on everything, right? If you get knocked up or something, it's, it's kind of still an issue. But if you're stuck in one of those weird uh, CC kind of moments and you want to get out of it, QSS is a really powerful tool to do that. And if you don't even know the item exists, right? This could be a game changer for you. It's only thirteen hundred gold. You can buy it, you know, midway through your match. It doesn't have to be your first item. But if you're getting picked on, it's a great it's a great thing to go towards if it's uh, you know one of those one of those really difficult matchups.
0: Yeah, yeah, for ahead, sure. Yeah, and that was one of the, the terminologies that we used in some of the games as uh, Decker guys putting in chat that uh, the Mord mains all just quivered <laughs> or shivered because we're promoting QSS, but yeah, y- yeah you're right. You got to pay the QSS tax when you're against champions like Mordekaiser, Skarner, Malzahar, these ults that completely lock you down uh, and just allow you to be completely um, useless uh, to your team. So uh, yeah, so I like that one. That's, that's a great one. Um, next, so we're going to hit my number one, uh, or my first one, rather. These are in no particular order, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so my first one is going to be Quick Cast. So this was something that took my gameplay to a whole nother level. Uh, so Quick Cast, uh, available in the settings, uh, allows you to use only one keystroke to activate your abilities as opposed to two different keystrokes. So uh, by default, you hit Q on the keyboard, you get an aiming, uh, I guess, uh, UI around your champion, and then you left click to be able to cast your Q uh, ability. Uh, quick cast allows you to just hit the keystroke and then your ability fires in the direction of your mouse. It allows you to, to combo abilities together. Uh, I felt more uh, decisive. And, you know, really, you're, you're removing one extra keystroke in there. I don't use Quick Cast with Indicator. I know uh, Robbie might. Robbie's in the chat. He's saying, Quick Cast with Indicator? You know, question marks. I don't use it. I know some people use Quick Cast with Indicator for certain abilities like Rumble's R, uh, Victor's E, those those uh, lineup shots. and they, they use those. I use Quick Cast for everything. Uh, quick Cast on my wards. Uh, quick Cast my, my item actives. Uh, everything. It's just me. It's something I've gotten used to. But... It just, it feels so good uh, to just aim your mouse and then hit the keyboard or hit your key on the keyboard real fast and your ability just fires. It keeps me from having to think about it too much and psych myself out with aiming. I just kind of trust my instincts and fire things off. Um, So yeah, quick cast. That'd be, that'd be my number one.
1: Good tip. Yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, confession time, right? Uh, I've been playing <laughs> League of Legends for 10 years, right? I've been playing since season one. And uh, I don't, I don't use QuickCast. I, I prefer not to. I don't know if it's me because I'm, I'm a boomer, right? That's it. Or what? That's it. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I've got you know camera unlocked. I do you know a lot of other settings. I've fine tuned. I got like the hot, you know, the hot keys for for ping and and all that. But I can't, I can't wrap my head around QuickCast. That's a really good tip. And, and when you do master it, yeah, it's it's uh, you're able to make those like point blank kind of moment to moment uh decisions even faster than i am which explains why you're golden i'm not so uh all right that's, moving that's on a, to lot, lot a lot of luck there's a lot of luck yeah that's that too but uh moving on to tip number two uh okay so for me this was this was tough right i, I wanted to kind of dial into some items but i didn't want to get too specific right the qss thing is generic enough that it covers some stuff tenacity this is for you tank mains out there right your top laners uh uh uh, you know like your your cc uh supporters those types of guys right tenacity isn't something that a lot of new players know about right what is tenacity so certain boots certain items will help you build tenacity and what what it essentially does is it lowers the time uh, the duration of uh, certain cc types so if you're playing against like nasus for instance And nasus uses his wither ability it's like a seven or eight second slow at like max rank it's it's ridiculous and uh with with tenacity you reduce the duration of that slow tremendously so if you can stack up enough of it i think garen garen can get the most tenacity in the game because his passives and some of his abilities and stuff give him passive tenacity um i never thought i would say this word this much in a single uh, block of time, but <laughs> tenacity, tenacity. No, um, it's it's a really cool, uh, underutilized uh, stat. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize, like, oh, man, I'm dealing with all this CC. I guess we lose. Like, there's a lot of other ways to deal with it other than just, like, avoiding the ability or, like, flashing over a Margonic queue. Get some tenacity on, on you. Uh, and with anthem's change, now uh, uh, a recent addition to the game, I feel like it's important to bring this out because... What does an anthem chains do? It reduces tenacity, so you uh, your knockups and stuff like that last longer. So, um, good item to keep an eye on, you know, especially if you're if you're dealing with constant CC and and you're not able to kind of get away from that stuff. QSS is one way, tenacity is another. Um, so that's that's my tip number two.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then even um, you know, with the tenacity boots, the Merc treads. Um, mm-hmm. we talked about boots a little bit last week when we were um, when Boris got the Boris bamboozled some of our players and yep. you know, they we had some some awkward boot choices. Um, it, it, sometimes we look at merc treads and we think of Merc treads like with the MR, but Merc treads also has that tenacity uh, with it as well. So uh, you know, even if you're not necessarily scared of the magic damage but you're constantly getting CC'd and constantly getting locked down, then consider, you know, potentially that those mark treads as well. Very cool. Yeah. I like that tip for sure. But Ronnie will let you talk about uh, your last one, which was mute all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mute all right. Um, big tip. If you're playing solo queue, not really important. If you're playing team game, you know, so if you're, if you're with a, a full party of five, you can kind of disregard this. But if you're playing uh, any role—jungle, ADC, support, whatever—and you're in solo queue, you're gonna want to use this. Uh, Muteol is really, really useful because people who are passionate about this game, right, they can be—they uh, can kind of go a little overboard, right? We call that toxicity, right? That's something that is a lot of different uh, terms for it, but uh you know that's that's one way to handle your emotions whenever you're winning or losing the game and uh it's it's not the best way right so to kind of just get rid of all that noise to get rid of any uh distractions uh you know muting everyone on both teams right your your team and the enemy team gets gets rid of all that stuff and you can focus on you know getting your uh you you know your gank timers getting your jungle cleared out whatever it may be So muting all, you can still use pings when you do this. This just takes away the whole kind of troll element of League of Legends entirely. There's no way that people can kind of, you know, mess with you too much after that. Uh, Riot's even placed uh, uh, timers on ping so people can't just spam ping you endlessly. They eventually get kind of timed out. So um, trust me, like as soon as you start hearing any kind of chatter that's negative, hit that slash mute all, you're going to have a much better game.
0: Yeah, and I think it's another way, too, for players to kind of judge their own, um, how easily they're tilted. Uh, if you know that you're easily tilted, you know, if Me. people tell you, <laughs> uh, then mute <laughs> all is is huge. You know, you're able to ignore the enemy team, ignore your own teammates' chatter. Like you said, pings are enough, uh, you know, to kind of get you through uh, for communication. You know, you can still drop some question mark pings for uh, the enemy laner is missing or you can say this area is warded be careful support me here I mean there's a lot you could do with pings that you don't have to see people you know trash talking uh, that so uh, yeah very cool tip uh, my last one would be proper CSing um you know whenever i first started playing and then when i see some other players when they very first begin uh one of the things that they do is just mindlessly auto attack the minions thinking like "Ah, oh, there's an enemy i must wail on it and you just attack 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 non-stop but you're not actually slowing your attack down or like maybe stopping attacking for a second to make sure that you're guaranteeing that you last hit it to get the gold from it Every single champion has a different auto attack windup animation, uh, so timing those can be really difficult. I think Anivia is is one that's kind of tough. I think Karthus is another one. Um, but for ADC, this was really big for me because I had to, you know, all those windup animations are very different, you know, slightly different, and then timing those uh, correctly so that I see the minion's about to die, let me attack that one, um, and then changing targets to make sure that I'm attacking the minion that my minions have been wailing on. And right right before it dies um, in addition to that you know knowing that if you're just constantly wailing on minions non-stop then you're gonna push that wave and that's not only are you gonna be missing CS but at the same time you're overextending in lane exposing yourself to a potential gank um, only allowing your jungler to perform a dive and they may not you know have the champion kit for that um, proper CSing also goes into where it gives you a lot of gold So it doesn't matter if your team around you is feeding a little bit uh, or maybe uh, you've even given up a kill or two in lane. If you're able to have 30 or 40 CS over your lane opponent, then you're richer than they are, you know, and you're able to have those item spikes and come back to lane and be stronger. Um, The the figure used to be, and I think it may still be true, is like 10 CS per kill, roughly. So if the enemy is one kill up on you, but you're uh, 10 CS or more, uh, more than they have, then it's kind of a wash, right? And, and you you don't have to necessarily be super afraid of them, but again, it depends on the matchup. Um, the other thing being that, uh, yeah, I mean, I I forgot what I was going to say. We 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 were talking as the stream died, and then we got it yeah. back up, and I think I had some good, yeah. But but basically, oh yeah, seven and a half CS per minute would be it's a nice target to aim for. That um, you do see some examples where some of the the pros will hit more than 10 CS a minute or really close to 10 CS a minute. And I think those are nice goals to have, but it can be really frustrating to set that as a goal because it's it's not always attainable. But if you can aim for seven CS a minute, seven and a half CS a minute, that kind of gives you a baseline to kind of work with. If you're if you're coming in at five CS a minute, then you know you look at that and say, okay, I'm behind. I need to farm up a little bit. Um, And get those power spikes, get those items to be able to, you know, swing the next team fight in your favor.
1: Yeah, really good call out. Uh, You know, CS is tough for certain champions, uh, just like you mentioned, but this is a great tip no matter what lane you're in, because each lane kind of has different rules for how you're supposed to CS, right? Like top lane looks a lot different than bot lane does, uh, just because... You know, with top lane, you don't have the same—you uh, don't have the same kind of forgiveness if you make a little mistake. You don't have an ally there to kind of help you out like you do bot lane. So you know, one mistake when you're CSing in the top lane, you can end up pushing your wave too far. Now you're in a bad spot. You can't go and collect minions without opening yourself up to a major gank. Uh, you know, like you mentioned about freezing the waves or slow pushing—all of those are—all of those skills are tied into proper CSing. So. Uh, learning that as your core and like you said, getting like seven a minute, really, really great goal to go for because at that point you can branch out into like, okay, I can CS really well now. Now let's work on slow pushing. Now let's work on freezing away. wave because you, you fundamentally understand more about the game at that point. So uh, really, really good tip.
0: All right, so we actually opened this up for listener submissions, and if you're a regular listener to Rift Happens and you missed out on that, then um, check out that uh, the Discord channel that we have in there, the text channel for Rift Happens. Uh, we'll. Put be putting some Google forms in there for you to respond. Uh, but we open this up and we have some responses on a read-through and we'll get... Uh, we haven't seen these yet, so I didn't Ooh. I didn't proofread them before we got in, so this uh, they Yikes. could really troll me here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Amanda out of Arkansas, uh, she said the number one lesson she learned was vision. She said, when I started playing, I would drop vision into bushes near me to make sure no one was there before I hopped in it to hide. I thought it was to protect me, but then learning more of the team play i began to see where vision could help the whole team there's definitely a strategy to placing vision at different points in the game and in the end team play and map awareness is much better than flushing someone or verifying there's someone camping in a bush and this is in parentheses because you already know they are (laughs) (laughs) that's right uh so this is a this is a really cool one um learning really popular warding spots Uh, Not only to where where you should place your wards to kind of model that after, but also where you should sweep um, is is crucial. Uh, Putting wards closer to jungle ramps uh, really helps too because you can get an idea of where the jungler is before he gets to your lane would be really beneficial. The um, one common ward that I think is, is terrible is putting a ward in the brush directly next to mid lane. Um, because you really don't have a lot of time when that ward shows the jungle gank, but at the same time, it's a selfish ward, kind of like Amanda was saying. It's only benefiting you as the mid laner. It doesn't show the enemy jungler if they're exiting their jungle and maybe attacking scuttle crab or something like that. So it, it's better to put that ward on the other side of the mid lane wall closer to that jungle ramp. You'll still see the jungler... Uh, coming that way and would still enter in that same brush. You get to see the jungle earlier, but at the same time, the ward also benefits your team. So, uh, yeah, any anything on vision? There, Ronnie.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to know at first. Like, when do I get a sweeper? What are control wards for? How many times should I ward this brush before I assume, you know, that they're they're not in that in that area to gank? Right. These are all things that you kind of figure out as you play the game and. um you know, newer players don't really know, a lot of the time, don't really know the impact that vision can have on a game. And uh, yeah, like to Amanda's point, there there are selfish wards and there are selfless wards, right? Your, your typical support champion is going to be placing, you know, more wards than most other players. And most of the wards they place are defensive wards that are used to kind of like help out other players on the team. So usually if you're playing support, you kind of get that, Warding is your job, but as you play League of Legends more and more, you realize warding is is as a team sport, just like everything else in League of Legends. So, uh, great tip, and uh, I like the call out there on the selfish on the selfish wards. We've all done that before, so <laughs> really good call, out, Amanda.
0: Yeah. All right. Next, we have uh, Mr. Robbie Hernandez out of Texas uh, throws Ooh. the tip. The number one lesson he learned in League of Legends that he wish he had learned earlier was that you can actually sell your items good one okay (laughs) i like it yeah i mean especially if you know you i mean if you if you're still in fountain and you bought it you can undo it but yeah having there's some really uh kind of niche uses of this too like if you buy a ga and then you leave base and then you die your ga gets popped uh, you no longer have the passive of it people would go back sell the ga and buy something more useful for the next team fight something that would give you a passive that would that would help out so yeah i mean um even stuff like coal that's designed to be sold uh, things like that but uh, yeah we may have to yeah guardian angel i have uh, somebody in chat ga yeah guardian angel uh patty's asking in chat what is ga so i, I keep forgetting that i'm using sometimes i use uh acronyms uh but yeah other things uh, uh yeah coach mustang i think is in chat too talking about zz rot was another one uh just, yep. just buy it and drop to defend your base and then once you're you're good uh sell it and then you know buy something else again uh at end game for like Hard carries, ADCs. Uh, once you're full build and you're still, you're sitting on another 3,500 gold to sell your boots mm-hmm. and get another item that has movement speed on it but also gives you additional stats like attack speed or another passive or AD um, is, is something else uh, really cool you can do.
1: Yeah, yeah, really cool. It never feels good to sell your items, so most new players wouldn't even know that was an option, I bet. Yeah, that's a really good tip, Robbie. Uh you know, when you sell them, just to be clear, when you sell your items, you don't get the full value back, right. which is why it doesn't feel so good to sell them, right? So, so guys, this isn't like a secret strat that you didn't know about. If you're if you're new to the game, don't just sell all your items halfway <laughs> through the game and then get you know five new items. It Doesn't work that way. You're gonna have a tough you're gonna know, have a tough game. Um, but in the right circumstance, right, it, where it, it does make sense to sell your guardian angel after you've used it, the cooldown is four minutes or whatever it is. Uh, you know, yeah, get it out of there because it's doing you no good. And get something else that'll make an impact in the next team fight. Uh, and, and the boots one—that's uh, a lot of people don't know about that. The boots one is a uh, a really good trick. It's good too if you're using uh, high mobility type junglers like like Zac doesn't need boots end game because you're slingshotting in and around and whatever. So sell the boots. Make sure you've got something else more impactful. You know, get a get an elixir if you need to, whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, really good tip.
0: And getting rid of those starting items, like Dorn's Blade, Dorn's Mm. Shield, Dorn's Ring. Uh, Yeah, get them out of there. All right, uh, next. uh, This one's going to echo something you'd said earlier. Uh, Decker out of Mississippi. Number one lesson was Mute All. So you've got a a friend in that one. uh, And I would agree that one's a a huge one. Uh, We have Piper Maru out of Kentucky. Number one lesson you learned in League of Legends. You wish you had learned earlier. Uh, She said, how to play with an unlocked camera how to use pings that's preferable to mute everyone. I said number one lesson she's given, she give she's given us like five really good ones. Uh, <laughs> it's better to play with friends and uh, watch videos first. Let's talk about the unlocked camera um, because she listed that one first, but unlocked camera uh, pretty I, I know you said you play with unlocked camera. So, which is good. I do as well. Um, but cause you know, I'd mentioned some stuff earlier, like attack move and quick cast that, you know, we're, we're on two different pages with that, but, Uh, Definitely unlocked camera takes some getting used to, uh, dragging your mouse to the edge of the screen to bump it, move it around. Um, Being able to see further down the lane than you would uh, regularly just with that locked camera is is really huge. But um, when you do that, you also may want to learn your hotkey for center camera on Champion. Uh, By default, I believe it's Spacebar so anytime your screen flashes red if you're like looking at another lane or something like that you see red just you know hold spacebar real quick and then the camera will lock back onto your champion um just something like that is big so unlocked camera yeah huge huge tip definitely something to to learn how to use so you can look all over the map and look further down your lane uh try to spot ganks as they're happening um things of that nature uh anything on that one
1: yeah uh so i i mentioned i play zach sometimes zach is is such a great trainer for unlock camera because you can't slingshot you know once you get to like max rank the slingshot is so long that if you're using a locked camera you're not going to be able to accurately see where you need to land so play some deck right and i guarantee you'll you'll uh, you'll learn how to use it pretty quickly because you'll you'll have to um but yeah there's a lot of settings in league of legends that you can customize that kind of make your experience uh, uh, custom tailored, right? We talked about attack move and all that. Unlock camera is a big one. Uh, spacebar is the default, right? If you press and hold space, it'll it'll lock the camera over your character, and you can get like a nice yellow arrow right over the top showing you, hey, this is you. Um, I've actually changed it so that if I hit my spacebar, it locks it, so I don't have to hold it, and then if I hit it again, it unlocks it. Oh, it's so like I can a toggle. Kind of yeah, it's more yeah. like a toggle, and for me, that that works better. Uh, you know, everyone kind of has those little preferential things, but uh, yeah, yeah. Someone in chat also mentioned about the nocturnal. Yep. You Can't nocturnal accurately if you have got your camera locked. Uh, there, there's a few of them like that. Swain has a couple abilities that are huge. You know, Caitlyn's old. There, there's a bunch, um, but yeah, really, you want to you want to learn how to play with that camera unlocked uh, as soon as you can. So really great tip, Daniel.
0: Cool. Moving on, we have Rick the Cleaner. Uh, he says he's from. Well, I, the question is, what state do you live in? And he says <laughs> the best one. So I really, I I didn't know Rick was from Alabama. I thought he was from Texas. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, yeah, roll tide. Uh His oh, number. Wow. <laughs> his number one tip here is: I wish I understood the different phases of the game in the early days. I was five or six levels in. Before I looked up an internet help guide and (laughs) said, oh, no wonder everyone was so mad at me. I was a roaming jungle ADC minion stealer who didn't care about lanes. (laughs) Uh, He has some other ones in here. and We'll come back to it. But he says also RP in essence. I had no idea until about level 50 and then boom, I hit the loot button and had to open an hour's worth of worthless stuff. Really? I'm sure I could have oh, combined gosh. items and rerolled a few things. The reward system can be complicated at times. Um so yeah, the the different phases of the game, you know, early game, mid game, late game. And uh, you know those roles like depend based on or they change based on um i guess the kind of the game state of which towers are down uh what role you're playing uh to the team are you a hard engage are you a split pusher you know if you're a split pusher you're kind of gonna want to stay in those side lanes but yeah if you're if you're your team's hard engage um then you need to be kind of roaming around the map but at the same time um to, to what rick was saying too i think we have especially in low elo the problem of okay these towers went down let's all just group mid like no like you you can't just group mid you have to tend to your side wave you've got to go to the side lanes tend to those minions push that lane out then you know maybe you can group and try to force a fight when you have a numbers advantage or things of that nature but uh yeah kind of knowing like what you should be doing during diff- different uh stages of the game if baron is up and dragon is not And somebody on your team has teleport let them split bot and then the rest of you stay mid slash top to try to hover around that neutral objective um if it's flip-flopped if dragon is up and baron is not then send whoever has tp up to that top lane and that was something that we saw in uh one of our matches this past week uh where the there was a kind of a the side lane pressure uh came into play there but uh either way um yeah so that's a really good tip anything you got for that one ronnie
1: Yeah, yeah, really um, game phases, right? The game's changed a lot over the years and now you can, you know, it's still early game, mid game, late game, but there's really a lot more to it than that, right? Your, your early game is as it sounds right. You're, you're just kind of starting to build up a little momentum. Everyone starts at, at level one with no item, you know, with no money, you know, 500 gold is nothing basically. And, uh, uh, you know, no real stats and only one ability. So, you know, the first few minutes of the game, it's just about getting, unlocking all of those abilities, right? Getting all four of them unlocked, and as soon as that happens, you start to enter the mid-game phase, which is about dragons, you know, dragon control, uh, uh, Rift Heralds, Rift Herald uh, objective control, uh, tower defense, right? Because up until the 14-minute mark, you've got tower plates, and those are valuable, so your enemy team is going to try to get those, and vice versa, you're going to try to get theirs. And then when you get to about the 15-minute mark, you start to reach late game. And the reason is because champions start building those mythic items. You're going to start seeing those pop in where you've now hit a big power spike. And now you can actually start to do what your character's job is supposed to do, right? Your tanks can tank. Your ADCs can deal damage. uh, And that's when you start to move into that late game. And then I also, I put a little asterisk. Anything over like 35 minutes, I consider overtime because... By the time you get to that point, you're you're talking about like one team fight. The whole team's got a, a almost a two minute death timer. You know, the, the game is basically over with one big mistake anywhere after the 35 minute mark. So uh, that's the only thing I would add to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, very. I, I like you bringing that up. Yeah, so many games that uh, can be thrown just with one team fight loss, and you're you're way ahead. But you're playing into a, like a death ball comp or something like that. But once, yeah, once you cross that 35 minute mark, you lose a team fight. You know, the, typically the enemy team, if they have enough people up, especially with their ADC, they could just charge down mid lane and end it. So, uh, great one. We have a smooth criminal out of Colorado Ooh. saying uh, to disable all in game chat. So you got you you've got two votes. <laughs> so we've got some great minds here. Uh, so Decker and a smooth criminal, are they on the, they're not on the same team. No, no. Uh, all right. So next we have Saikazi out of Arkansas. The number one lesson is if you're not the carry, don't try to be the carry play around your teammates that are ahead. Spoken like a true jungler, uh, <laughs> man, just, you know, if you're not the carry, uh, don't try to be the carry play around. Your teammates that are ahead. Number one of the, one of the number one rules of league of legends after don't chase singed is don't gank a losing lane so if you're if you've got a laner that's winning you just keep hard ganking that lane get that person ahead but uh this is a big uh eating a big slice of humble pie here trying to not carry not have that phenomenal kda you know it doesn't matter how much lp you're gaining you know you may you're you're gonna gain 20 lp or something for the win but you're like no no i've got to have i've got to be 10 0 and 1 or something like that just be carried. Don't int, Don't feed. Let other people get the win for you.
1: Yeah, it's it's a team game, right? And at the end of the day, uh, if you're if you're obviously not the win condition for your team, like you're not having the best early game, but you know you're not necessarily losing the game for your team either, right? And you can see if you hit that, that tab button, it's pretty powerful, right? You hit tab while you're in your game and the scoreboard comes up, so you can see at a glance, you know, maybe you've been top playing the whole game and you're on an island, you have no idea how the rest of the game is going. Well, hit that tab button and look, okay, okay, the ADC has three kills, it's only seven eight, eight minutes into the game, alright that guy's probably going to carry us, so I'm going to make sure whenever we're in team fights I keep him alive, right? And, and that's one way that you can get carried, you know, making sure that you do your job and and keep that win condition alive. Uh, that's that's a lot of what it is. And we saw this uh in one of the games this past week too. Uh you know, we had a player play nasus for the first time in a, in a match and they went o o and seven, right? So obviously kind of a team play there, not oh, I got 10 kills, I'm going to carry this lead into the end of the game. It's not really NASA's job, right? So if you go into the game with that mentality, you're probably going to have a bad game. So uh, knowing, having the situational awareness to know, all right, my job is just kind of do my thing and make sure this guy stays alive and make sure he gets all the kills. And uh, they won that game too. So uh, perfect example.
0: Yeah. A shout out to Cartera there, bringing out the masses. Oh, yeah. uh, she had played uh, Cho'Gath for a few games. And then our final listener submission is Mathieu Ledoux. I'm a, I tried it. I tried, Matt. Uh, (laughs) You live in, uh, he lives in California. The number one lesson learned in League of Legends is similar to what Amanda was saying never face check a bush past the river unless you have teammates nearby. And yeah, that's exactly right. If, If you don't know where the enemy is, they're likely right there. Like they're likely in that brush. Don't face check. Uh, and then I know Patty and I were talking in the Discord earlier in the week about uh, face checking and you know defining uh, what that is. She found a cool video, uh, I think like Never Kick or someone uh, had posted something. But yeah, yeah, face checking, face checking, always bad.
1: Yeah, and you think about it, right? Oh, what could happen? You know, they don't know I'm here. I'm in the fog of war. I'm just gonna go over here and place ward in a minute. Well, you don't know if you've walked over a ward and the entire enemy team is now setting up an ambush because they know you're about to walk into this brush like a like a doofus, right? Like, we've all been there. We've all done that. Like, oh, let me just see what's up. And then, boom, there's five people in this brush. How did that happen? <laughs> like, why is Cho'Gath here? He's humongous. How does he fit in that brush? Doesn't matter, right? He was in Fog of War. He was in the brush. And now you're dead. So... Uh, yeah, definitely. Never face check. And oh, and the reason why you heard mute all three times is because it's such a good tip, man. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, that one won. I mean, if we were to do a, a vote and we were to put all yeah. these out, we don't even have to. But if we were to put all these out on a Google form and have people vote, apparently mute all uh, would have won. So uh, we're going to move on. Let's do a little patch 11.13 check-in. This is from leagueofgraphs.com. Really cool website that uh, you should be using if you want to get an idea on a champion's popularity uh, their win rate ban rate uh, items that are being used most common summoner spells things of that nature but uh, right now still topping the charts uh edriel as far as most popular champions uh, edriel lux yasuo you know th- these are the champions that have the most skins right um, <laughs> yeah but true. so so yeah anytime riot is you know looking like hey we need to you know, uh, pad the coffers a little bit more. They release <laughs> a, a new skin for one of these champions. Akali hovering down at the bottom. But Set is sitting there too. And fourth, Set does not have a lot of skins. Set, a relatively new champion. Um, but in this kind of a mirroring some of the things that we're seeing in uh, our own season. Highest win rates. Uh, I want you to, uh, we're going to point to the Nocturne there. Second highest win rate right now, 54.22%. Uh, followed by Yorick, which is something we talked about right with uh, the whole bringer changes mm-hmm. talked about york possibly being up there brand huge aoe uh, team fight support uh, dropping the r down and then you can see some of these others uh zed highest ban rate morgana second highest ban rate so i just kind of want to see this is global okay so this is global from um from league of graphs so this is not co-trials, it's just kind of the state of the patch Right now. And then if you look in the bottom right, what do you see down there, Ronnie?
1: Ooh, unbench the kinch. Yeah,
0: the kinch has been unbenched, but the problem is oh, his no. win rate has dropped 2.42% as people are trying to uh, get accustomed to how this new champion is played.
1: Yeah, you know, also something I noticed just at a glance here, we look at like bands and win rates. Most popular. There are almost no junglers at all on this entire sheet. Like you could say Nocturne, but he's you know he's kind of he's more of a laner recently. You mm-hmm. could be jungle too. Morgana, same thing. She doesn't. She's not really a pure jungler. Uh, maybe Shaco, right? And Rumble, and then Rek'Sai, that's, yeah. that's the only ones on this yeah, they're board. Really, just those three. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else on the board is like a mid laner, a top laner, or whatever. So. I don't know what that says about the state of the game, right? But definitely, junglers are, or jungle is hard as a role, right? That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Riot recently made those changes with, with Smite, you know, the, the mm-hmm. 900 damage on Smite. So it, you know, kind of hit there early and it's something consistent for junglers to go off of. Um, and that was, they released a, a dev update and it was specifically targeting towards, they saw that jungle was an, an underpreferred role. Uh, for players, and so they tried to make some of those tweaks to address that. Uh, looking at the items, here's the item popularity coming through for patch 11.13. Uh, Zanya's sitting as the most popular item in the game, uh, built 13.2% uh, of the time. That shows up, followed by the Divine Sunderer uh, at 10.6%. And I did include, at the very bottom, we see Holebreaker, Holebreaker only built in, at 1.4% of the time, but it does have a 57.5% win rate. Wow. We're going to talk about Holebreaker when we start talking about uh, these games that had we had this past week. The Holebreaker came in huge. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's an item that people don't know when to build it uh, because you know, obviously, you're not going to build Holebreaker first. You're you're we have this like we want to get our mythic. Um, primarily but uh, yeah so what uh, any thoughts on this uh, hole breaker not being very popular
1: That's insane just the win rate on it though it's higher than everything almost everything else on the list So, it's pretty amazing uh, yeah I think that's uh, sterics gauge that's still higher uh, so so pretty impressive but uh, yeah hole breaker right it's a new item people are trying it out and, and uh, for the win rate to be that high it's obviously like people understand what the item's job is, right? Like you're not building this as, uh, you know, uh, the support character on your team. Uh, it's very clear. This is a solo laner's dream. This is really a top laner's thing. And so already you're getting only 20% of, of uh, the champions on any given team are really going to be viable at building this and then we talked a little more about how it's not for all top laners that you kind of have to draft around the idea of split push. So that kind of ties into that even more where, you know, a lot of the reason that Riot added this item, you know, uh, arguably is because split push is a very underutilized win condition in League of Legends right now. So adding something like this to, you know, to the core elements of the game and allowing this to be something you can unlock at 15, 20, 30 minutes in uh, you know, whenever you decide to build it, depending on, on the rest of your team's uh, makeup, right? It, it's going to be, I think, one of those items that becomes a, a staple uh, to, to top laners if, if the game moves the way Riot wants it to. So uh, good thing to keep an eye on for sure.
0: And shout out to uh, that Decker guy in chat who's mentioned Tom Kench has the new champ syndrome. That is 100% right. When these new champs uh, get or champions get reworked, or a brand new champion comes out, they typically get spammed, and people as people are still trying to figure out how that champion gets played. So we do have stats and data specifically on Tom Kench for patch 1113. And uh, Ronnie, you called it uh, top lane popularity. Uh, fifty-one point one percent of the time, to, uh, Tom Kench is going to the top lane, and that's his highest win rate is in the top lane.
1: <laughs> Finally, man, yeah, you know, it was my second take. To be fair, at first I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's going to be the ultimate support," and I look like an idiot. So, uh, no, the the top lane uh, emphasis, I love it because Tom Kench isn't fun to play against uh, when he's in a duo lane. And more importantly, to riot. He's not fun to watch because viewers, you know, viewers have been complaining for a long time. Oh, this is really unfun. You know, like I, I'm not enjoying this. Oh, he's going to devour him. Oh no, no one saw it coming. Uh. so it's it's really like uh, choreographed and like not fun to watch. So I love that they're now flipping his uh, his skills. They're putting him in the top lane, and you can see already almost twice as many top lane games. As support his his previous preferred role, and I think that skew is only going to continue to to widen uh, as we go.
0: Yeah, I I'm, I'm very uh, offended by the 6.5 percent of games going to, in the 80 carry position. <laughs> what is,
1: what is wrong with people? <laughs> yeah, right. I know that's like uh, the only thing I can think is like maybe that's like fat. They're counting those fasting Senna games or something. But even oh, then. Yeah. But even yeah, but even then, like that's so obscure. Like I can't believe even six percent of people are still doing that.
0: <laughs> um, you know, also if you're if you're on Reddit, check out the League of Legends subreddit. There there are many clips where there's a one percent health Tom Kench taking on a hundred percent health champion. Like I saw one one percent health Tom Kench takes on a hundred percent health ribbon and the Tom Kench doesn't die. He he wins the duel wow. with the full health ribbon with <laughs> next to zero uh so yeah he's uh people are trying to figure him out uh so good shout out from that decker guy as pe- more people try to figure him out we're probably going to see uh his hopefully that win rate will increase instead of decrease mm-hmm. all right so before we get into coach rivals specific content want to remind everybody about the group esports enablement grants so our friends over at group that's group.com g-w-o-o-p uh, dot com. They have an esports enablement grant that is eligible, uh, or all academic esports teams and programs are eligible to apply. Uh, 100% free to apply. The deadline for that is coming up in about two weeks, so July 15th will be the deadline. There is a $5,000 grant and a $2,500 grant available. Find more information about that at gloop.com slash grant. So shout out to them. Thank them. Uh, so much and check them out if you're looking for uh, kind of a training platform for your uh, players especially if they're brand new uh, to PC gaming uh, get them in, used to using their keyboard and their mouse um, I know I've got a new player potentially coming in to uh, Collegiate uh, that is coming from console so it may not be as used to keyboard and mouse so may throw have, have to throw him on a group and get him used to uh, you know the, the accuracy and the aiming uh, with the mouse as opposed to using those joysticks all right standings through three weeks of coach rivals we only had two matches to review this week so we're saving that for last but standings through three weeks we had team coach diff sitting undefeated sole possession of first place all the way at the top three and oh followed by hotline ping sitting in second place with two wins one loss just good enough And team tragedy tied for third at undefeated two and oh Death cat for Cutie coming in 1-2, and two, tied with the team on the right in 5th with 1-2. and two, And then Immortals and Spawn of Baron uh, still hunting for their first wins at 0-3. So our very first match for this past week was Defcat for Cutie versus Coach Diff. As a shout-out to Rogue Otters on the <laughs> phenomenal editing job that he did after Pro Draft. Uh, that is not an Alistar that your eyes are deceiving you that is a morgana or a more six uh if you will right there above
1: a <laughs> more six wow yeah when this came through i was like you know what no one's going to be able to do that any better we should just use that but i'm glad you did this is perfect yeah uh yeah,
0: I they I meant to do it last week or actually I didn't do it last week. I, I put put him in and somebody called me out. It's like why did not you use Zach's editing? <laughs> <laughs> is it not good enough? <laughs> so so I had to bring it in this week. Uh, so yeah, so we had Deathcat for Cutie on blue side, Coach Diff on red side. So kind of catering to some of our maybe uh, less experienced listeners. I don't think we've ever really talked about this before, the advantage of being blue side or red side. Uh, On blue side, you do open up with uh, the very first ban, but you also get the very first pick, the priority pick, and we saw that come through for Deathcap for Cutie. Uh, The advantage to being red side is you have the very last pick, and champ select, uh, and what people commonly use for counter picks. So if you know you're going against an opponent and you're both vying over this one really strong pick, maybe there's a champion that's, that's in common between your team's champ pools and you don't mind showing that champion first because you think it's so absolutely busted, you're not afraid of it getting counterpicked, uh, then you want to go blue side and maybe force them to throw a ban that way. If they don't, then you get to lock it in right away as soon as the pick phase begins. So either way, so Deathcat Cat for Cutie, we do see the bands coming out. They banned out Set. Hallelujah. Semi-banned Set <laughs> against Coach Diff, which they've shown, you know, a smooth criminal. And uh, Hernandez Teaches have both been playing uh, Set and showed that they're very competent on that champ. Dinah coming through, and then we saw the Mundo ban. Coach Diff open up with Tristana, Kog'Maw, and Zareth. So some bands thrown uh, two bands thrown towards the mid lane there, the Tristana and Xerath, and then the Cog'Maw uh, for um, Deathcat, which I believe they ended up getting a win with the Cog'Maw. Or, I'm sorry, one of their losses from last week was with the Cog'Maw-Lulu. Um, and then they they insta-lock Nocturne as the very first pick. We saw this Nocturne come in, in the draft. Uh, thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, you know, really emphatic first band. Get the set out of there. Don't even play around with it, you know and uh, what really using to your point the blue side first pick to their advantage because nocturne in coach rivals uh, as we know has a 100% win rate every time nocturne shows up on the rift and he's not you know he's not banned the team that picks him wins the game right and so that's held true now through 4 weeks and uh it's pretty impressive right and, and like it's really really cool to see like oh here comes the nocturne right who's going to get it and Deathcap using that blue side advantage to make sure that they lock that in after it wasn't banned. Um, I like seeing the Xerath ban come through because Deathcap's mid laner plays that really well. Uh, so take that away, right? That's it's a tool you just don't even want to give him. Um and then yeah, the uh uh the Alistair pick threw me for a second because I'm like, oh, we get to see Alistair for the first time. It was Morgana, <laughs> uh, which is fine, right? Morgana is also great, right? We see a lot of Morgana here. Either picked or banned. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. I really like the kind of uh, the handshake there, right? Like uh, Deathcap says, "We're going to get rid of the set. We can't get rid of everything." So yeah, sure, you're going to get the Viego, but we don't. And, and so Coach Diff says, "All right, well, you gave us the Viego. We're not going to let you know where it's going." So all three of their first picks, right? They go Viego and then support bot. Well, you Viego wasn't going to go in that lane, so that doesn't tell you anything. He could still be jungle, could be top, could be mid. So that allows them to be really flexible with their next couple of picks, and in fact, it, it made Deathcap waste a couple of bands because the Zinjao band was targeted at the jungle role. Right. Um, I'd say probably the Lee Sin band was also a, a jungle target. So, uh, really nice job by Coach Diff securing that that Viego pick early, knowing they can work at you know work it in the jungle, work it wherever they need it to go and then taking it in jungle after they force deathcap to waste two additional bands on jungle uh picks. So really great draft from uh for both teams, but uh I like the way coach diff was really sneaky about that.
0: Yeah, the flex picks are definitely something to utilize especially in that first pick phase and your first three picks and grabbing some of those champions that one you think that are priority like I would say Viego is a priority for coach diff and Nocturne the priority for deathcap, you know, they they're not that that champion brings so much value and is just so strong right now in the current meta and the game state that you know you don't mind showing it first. But at the same time, you know it could flex Nocturne could be mid, could be jungle, could be top. Um, I I like the two different comps that we show here. I actually, I really like Deathcap's comp more because when the Oriana came through last, what we'll kind of rethink it real quick, Like so, because I know we have listeners and for, instead of viewers, but Deathcap's choosing uh, Nocturne mordekaiser nocturne in the jungle mordekaiser top lane caitlin and rakan down in the bot lane and then oriana mid and the big thing with this team is you have a nocturne that can dive you have a rakan that can dive and the oriana has two different targets to throw her ball on and hit those really big shock waves uh just that those ball delivery systems are huge you know picking orion in the mid lane yes uh, you can kind of control that lane and zone off the opponent but one of the big things about picking Oriana is having teammates that will synergize with it where you can throw your ball onto that teammate and that teammate can then dive onto the back line where you catch those those really key shock waves on the enemy bot thing, on the on the enemy uh, carries essentially and then wiping them out and then it's just cleanup duty from there on out. Over on Coach Stiff's side, we have a very different team comp, right? They they don't have a death ball comp. They've got more They've got a lot of CC in the bot lane uh, with the Varus and the Morgue, so they're willing to root people in place. So almost like picks there. The Nivea scales really hard in a late game, has a lot of wave clear, and then the Nar uh, as well. So kind of the situational frontline. So neither one of these teams really have a strong frontline champion. You know, Nar has to be in Mega to be really tanky. Other than that, he's just a ranged Yordle throwing a boomerang at you. <laughs> uh, so I think I mentioned that in the cast too. These teams are are kills are going to happen very very quickly. But I think the execution for Deathcap for Cutie is easier because you throw a ball on Nocturne, you throw a ball on Rakan, dive in, throw the shockwave. You know that's that's our bread and butter. We're on Coach Diff, I think it's a little more difficult to execute uh, because you have some really cheeky stuff where you can. Gnar in, throw up the Anivia wall, and then Mega Gnar them into the Anivia wall as opposed to just Terrain. Uh, you have the lock down there. I just... W- the lack of a front line uh, makes things very volatile for both of these teams.
1: Yeah, immediately after the draft, when I saw the Rakan Oriana come in at the end for Deathcap, I love that combination. I feel like Rakan's one of the best ball delivery systems, aside from maybe like Jarvin you know, Nocturne also in this game is a really good one. Alistair, right? There's a few that are just really good at doing that because they their job is get in, knock them up, right? Get in their face. Uh, well, yeah, Rakan's got that built into his kit. And so I loved seeing that come in. So I, I did really like the Draft by Deathcap. Uh, when you're going to beat an undefeated team, you're going to have to throw some curveballs at them, And uh, I, think, I think seeing the first ever Rakan come through uh, and then, of course, like I mentioned, uh, locking in that Nocturne, uh, I think th- those were really good bookends to their draft, right? We said, all right, we started really strong. We finished really strong with the Rakon pick at the end, too. I really liked their draft overall, and I think it kept Coach Diff on their toes.
0: And it did it just enough because the winner of that match, Deathcat catfrey Cutie, was able to take down the undefeated first-place team in the league. Coach Diff did drop um, but it was a it was a banger. Uh, back and forth. I have a question, yeah. Chad. How many unique champs we're gonna get there? That's that data is coming up. Uh, <laughs> Deathcap did win in 37 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, yeah, so eclipsing that 35 minute mark that you mentioned earlier, and that is exactly what happened in this game. They passed that 35 minute mark, and it really came down to that one team fight.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, man, I have so many notes. I have so many notes on this game, um, <laughs> without going into everything, right. You're, 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 you're call out at the 35, right. The teams traded objectives at that point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was like Baron picked up for team coach Stiff, dragon soul picked up by death cap, right at the same time. And then they were like, all right, let's fight. And it was sure enough. it was it was one heck of a uh, an ending but but if we if we wind it back a little bit i liked seeing uh we talked about the the pick bands. i liked seeing the first ever viego jungle uh we haven't seen viego in the jungle yet right we've seen him top lane mid lane but this is the first viego jungle if i'm not mistaken I uh, like seeing that cuz it just got a buff so uh good job to to take advantage of that um i really love seeing shiny nine tails on the Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played a couple Caitlin Caitlyn games now, and they've all been really solid. You can tell he's very well-versed on this champion. And uh, it, it, you look at the scoreline, too, 8-2-8, and eight, uh, you know, lowest deaths, most kills on his team. Pretty strong performance, I'd say. Um, uh, but, yeah, to your point about how close this game was, at 10 minutes in, there was only a 300 gold difference. Uh, uh, Robbie had a huge early game uh, play with NAR, you see, by the end of the game, too most kills on his team really kind of putting the team on his back uh with uh with a huge uh, performance on uh, on gnar i don't believe we've seen him play the gnar but maybe one other time so really cool i think it's mostly banned against him yeah that's what it is it's always banned yeah so uh really cool to see him bust that out and have a great game um and uh, uh, robbie's letting us know it's the second diego game uh, in the jungle so my mistake yeah second one and they've both been losses so mm-hmm. interesting um okay so uh again big dragon fight around like the 12 minute mark right tp from robbie comes in they get three kills it was a little before the 12 minute mark actually they get three kills and the first dragon of the game so robbie coming up huge on that gnar uh making his presence felt in these team fights and uh yeah he's uh he's probably gonna earn a few more gnar bands after this we'll see um and then you know again back and forth right right around 11 minutes you had a huge fight at the Rift Herald and Deathcap nets three kills and the Rift Herald really dicey fight, right? So three kills on this side, now three kills back on the other side. Uh, these teams were kind of back and forth, back and forth. A uh, couple of uh, couple of scrappy fights really could have gone either way. I saw uh, maybe once or twice that the Nocturne pick, uh, uh, the, the, the timing on the shield was just a little off once or twice and you, you kept getting picked off. Uh, uh, by by getting CC'd when you maybe your shield's on cooldown I'm not sure but the shield does negate one form of uh, uh, you know CC or something like if you're walking into a vague arcade you can just basically negate it Uh, it didn't didn't, the timing wasn't exactly perfect on it but really good performance overall let me see a couple other notes before I I send it back over to you Uh, first turret wasn't until like the 19 almost the 20 minute mark which is really late Mm -hmm. for first turrets uh, we, we'd already gone. We'd already got the second Drake off the board by the time the first turret went. So uh, really late first turret, teams were, were happy to just kind of, you know, stonewall and stay, stay in their lanes and make sure nobody was going to get past them. Um, you know, big ults from Rakan. Uh, as we get to the later stages of the game, you really got to see the Rakan-Oriana combo come online. Uh, some, some cool moments there between those two. And you see the Oriana with 13 assists, the most in the game. You could tell it was a lot of the, uh, you know, the ball doing the work with the shield, with the ults hitting the attacks, so making sure she gets an assist in just about every single team fight. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned, right at the end of the game, uh, there was there was a uh, uh, you know back and forth. One team gets the dragon soul, one team gets the Baron. Uh, eventually, the the Rakan actually gave up his life. For the ace as well like really really cool stuff at the end of that match and uh yeah you see that the ace came through and coach div had no defense at the end so Deathcap was able to just walk into the base and finish him off uh, really really amazing performance from both teams but i had to give the mvp to the caitlin to shiny nine tails uh again amazing performance most cs most kills uh you know uh, least deaths i mean really just all around fantastic performance from you
0: yeah, you mentioned the, the objective trading. Those are really heads-up macro play from Coach Dubs on the Mordekaiser. They were, Deathcap had, they were on soul point, and basically Coach Diff had just wiped Deathcap, take, taken all four right. members, other four members off the map, and instead of you know going into Baron to try and, for some reason, contest it, as we see uh, very frequently, and just like, okay, you're walking 1v5. Like, what's the point of, you know, why are you doing that? He... He goes down to the dragon and secures uh, dragon soul for his team so uh, that was really big Um, I I like that you mentioned Shiny Nontails as MVP he had some awesome 90 caliber nets on Caitlyn Uh, I love that ability, I like being able to E to gap close, you can E for the uh, escapes and he was using it both uh, offensively and defensively uh he was he would 90 caliber net forward in order to secure another auto on the Varus to, to kill Varus in lane to get some more lane pressure. Uh he would 90 caliber net flash away from ganks. Um just again making a larger distance between himself and uh the enemy team. So I thought, yeah, that it was a really stellar Caitlin performance. I've I've been really critical of Caitlin. I think it's I think it's very hard to carry on Caitlin. I think you have a lot of um uh, you can assert your uh, range advantage in lane, uh, but beyond that, um, I just don't have a very win rate, a uh, very good win rate on Caitlyn, and maybe it's just maybe it's the person piloting Caitlyn, uh, maybe it's me, uh, but I, I don't oh, find please. a lot of success uh, on her. I find it difficult to to hard carry with her, but uh, yeah, props to Shiny On kind of showing everybody how it's done. Um, I coach Diff, Do we? I don't know if I don't know if we call it a throw um it, it was it was tough because they got that baron at the very end and then they all grouped mid and grouping together for a death ball comp with you know two divers Rakan and nocturne man that that's tough um the raccoon dove in a little bit early and then uh teaches saying in a chat that he threw he went all in on the recon i think he Meganard just the just the recon so then that left the, the the death ball could just be activated uh from there uh, we did see coach diff utilize their comp really well earlier and that anivia was shredding did so much damage um but you know in that one last fight uh they all group. they all had baron and they put all five members in the mid lane and i just i don't know if that is would have been the right call especially into a rakan nocturne oriana where they could just dive your back my i think you use a an, anivia to wave clear mid with baron buff and with the ultimate and then you get those side lanes pushed out and try to buy some some more time there let your Nivia scale continue continue to scale you know
1: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you can see how close this game was, right? Nobody had, like, 12 deaths or something, right? Like, there wasn't one person on the team that was, like, dragging everybody down. Really, it was a a really valiant game from from all 10 players. And Robbie and Chad, oh, man, I threw. Like, bro, that was only your second death the entire game. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you you had a fantastic game, man, to be honest. It's just, you know, one mistake. Like, we talked about, when you get to that 35-minute mark, one mistake is all it takes and one pick is all it takes sometimes for you to lose the whole game. And uh, yeah, we saw that really coming big uh, here, but uh, you know, no, no shade to you, Robbie, like you had a really great game, man. So I know you want to put the loss on your back and, and you know, you're, you're a good team player, but uh, you know, the loss stinks. It just is what it is, but, but you know, don't beat yourself too, up too much because you had a really good game.
0: Yeah. And the, the storyline in this game was massive, too, and I, I, was, I had the privilege of casting this one, so I was constantly talking about how Deathcap is. They went 0-2 the week before. Both of their losses were sub-25-minute losses. They they got put through the ringer last week. Uh, obviously, their mental was had to have been taxed with that, so for them to come in and take down the undefeated number one team uh, was huge, so shout-out to Deathcap for cutie. Uh, taking that
1: win there over Coach Diff. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no favoritism one way or the other. I'm, I'm clapping because I'm like, "Yo, Deathcap, y'all stepped it up this week, man. That was a really, really great game."
0: Yeah, they they came to they came to play for sure. So that's a good bounce back yeah. for them moving forward uh, through the season. And we had one other game played this past week, uh, and I'm gonna try to be, I'm gonna, I've got to limit my speech on this one just because, uh, again, that we don't want the bias coming through. But uh, <laughs> Team Tragedy. 2-0 was taking on Team Just Good Enough, JGE for short. Uh, they're also coming in 2-0. So we had the battle of these two undefeated teams. Uh, looking at champ select, uh, Tragesty had uh, Blue Side. Uh, so first pick, but we do see the Nocturne getting banned out from JGE. So first prio pick from Tragesty was the Zhao. Uh, coming through i think this is the first time we've seen zenzhou in coach rivals it's um has been banned before but this is the first pickup uh for zenzhou and then just good enough follows up with zaya and viego so that viego showed up again again viego we have no clue where viego was going in this one tragedy uh Pick phase bounces back to them. They are able to grab the scion. I'm gonna say we, okay, because it's easier. Uh, we yeah. grab the scion. We grab the Morgana. So here we're able to get the scion and the Morgana, which is something we we run similarly. Even in voice comms, we were like, are we are we gonna be able to run it back? Are we just gonna be able to do the same comp that we <laughs> that we've done before? Uh, so scion Morgana comes in. Just good enough follows up with the Annie in the mid lane. Uh, a great uh, safe. Uh, mid laner able to farm well and then uh tragedy rounds out their comp with set and siver and then uh jge wraps up with a Nautilus. and then the first ever coach rivals fiora for Woo! season two so fiora came out so uh yeah so comp wise uh what do you think
1: man oh that fiora i can't wait to, to sink my teeth into this recap <laughs> um yeah look really cool stuff right uh we hadn't seen any zen before this game and then he's first picked by blue side i'm like mm-hmm. what the heck is going on here you guys had a game plan going into it obviously and eric was like put the carry pants on me man mm-hmm. uh and after getting the reksai and nocturne banned out right obviously that was targeted at him so you know they're taking away some of his tool maybe he's been i don't know if he's been spamming a lot of reksai lately uh but to take away a champion that no one's played, and then to take away the Nocturne, right? everyone, everyone wins with Nocturne. A couple of good bands. But the, the Rexi band, I was like, hmm, this might be something that they, they sussed out. I don't know. Uh, and, then, and then the Lux band came through, right? Really cool stuff. Uh, I love seeing that first pick on the Zhao, though because it's such a bold pick, man. Um, and then it was funny because last week's episode we were just talking about Zaya getting a small buff. And we both kind of went, eh, yeah, we won't see any Zaya. And then immediately we get a Zaya game. Mm-hmm. So uh, Zaya comes through. i love to see it. Oh, Decker, Decker in, in chat is now letting us know that he wanted the Zen ban instead of the Lux ban in that R3 spot. <laughs> That's so funny. I bet you did now, huh? No, um, no, no, no I'm, I'm just kidding. So uh, really a cool draft for both teams, right? I wasn't expecting the Diego jungle. I wasn't expecting Zaya at all. Uh, I wasn't expecting the Zhenjiao, so three out of the first six picks I immediately. I was like, "Whoa, this is this is pretty pretty spicy." And then, uh, yeah, the set set's been a constant, right? He's he's basically been in in every game, either a pick or a ban, just like Morgana, right? So you see a lot of these like contested picks coming through for Team Tragedy. Um, and then on the other side, you got the Nautilus, which again is a big staple for a lot of teams. So. Uh, really comfort picks on both sides, mixing in with a little bit of spice. The siver at the end, I think, really probably deflated some of the guys on JGE because you played it really well a couple of times now, and uh, you know everyone knows you're 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 known for your siver for sure. Um, and and uh, but then the Fiora comes in, the very last one from JGE. I love seeing that. You know, we talked about split push Fiora. We talked about. Uh, hole breaker coming in and making a big impact we didn't have to wait long the very first game uh you know that that we get to start uh, breaking down or second game i guess we're breaking down we had a split push fiora with the hole breaker. uh that was a, a big factor in this game too so uh great job you know we talk about split push being something you have to draft for well JGE did it to perfection here they hid the fiora picks thinking maybe viego will, might go top who knows J- top jungle top jungle and they don't let you know until there's nothing you can do about it because team tragedy is locked in all five of their picks by the time the
0: fiora gets locked in we we really just want to run at the enemy uh we all pop those ultimates at one time we all hit our r's uh the scion runs in scion will charge forward in the Sivir, you know I, we pop the silver r and then the rest of us get the speed boost too uh to run straight in right so we just want to chase at them with the black shield on the Zen Zao, uh or the set, um, either way. And then we just dive uh, on them. Uh, whereas over on JGE, I think they have a really good comp with to accentuate the Fiora. If the Fiora gets ahead and the Fiora can split push really well, Zaya wave clears uh, fairly well, uh, throwing the passive with the feathers. So once she activates an ability, all the feathers fly through and you know she can... She can Q, auto, 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 stack up those feathers, and then E them through an entire minion wave and just wipe the whole wave out. So they can stall a push. They just have to not get caught by Team Tragedy. So it's it was a really cool uh clash of comps. You know, buy time for the Fiora split push, uh, try to disengage, keep backing out, and they have that with the Nautilus being able to CC and root and you know call some. Uh, disruption the Zai being able to wave clear she has her own disengage built into her ultimate Uh, Annie can stun multiple people with her R Viego can drop down into the mist and maybe disengage so um, very cool team comps here very different clashing against each other Uh, but in the end uh, tragedy uh, they were able to pick up the win in 31 minutes and 46 seconds Uh, but it was really dramatic
1: there towards the end (laughs) Yeah, what a game, man! Yeah, so the scoreboard looks a lot different than the last one we broke down, right? The the death cap versus Coach Diff game. You look at this one. You start. You try, you see some 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 crazy numbers in here, right? There's a couple players with double digit kills, double digit deaths, right? Assists, all that stuff. This was a really bloody game, uh, which is which is what my point is. So you start the game off right with uh, with a really uh, Uh, It wasn't exactly an invade, but uh, really, really nice, strong posturing uh, from from your team. You guys have done this a couple of times now where you do this kind of level one uh, action, right? And and you're not afraid to kind of like get your opponent's face. Um, But it wasn't like uh, in in previous games where you guys were looking for for crazy picks or anything. I like that um, Eric uh, almost immediately, though, gets the early game push on the Viego, knowing that he's stronger, right, Zin Zhao's got a stronger early game than Viego does in general, so, like, it wasn't even the three-minute mark, he was in his opponent's jungle, picking him off, getting that first blood, and also taking away uh, jungle camps. Eric, er, I I didn't get a a counter on it, but Eric on that Xin Zhao probably took, I don't know if I had to guess, 15 jungle camps throughout the game on his enemy side. Uh, he, He was... Constantly on uh, on JGE side of the map, uh, you know, sneaking in, sneaking out, doing some covert ops, and uh, and grabbing all the buffs. Really cool stuff. Um, uh, I like seeing that uh, the Zaya came through because Zaya is a really good defensive pick, and you guys had a lot of beef on your team, right? Like you got the the Scion who can ult in, you got Set who wants to get right in your face. Uh, you know, the Morgana Q is really easy to hold to away from. Uh, so i like to see the Zaya come through as a defensive pick and a really good uh, game, you know, o- overall from, uh, from, from just good enough. Right. But uh, yeah, you guys were just really, really just uh, owned most parts of the early and mid game phases of the game. Uh, tragedy did uh, Zen was kind of everywhere, everywhere he needed to be boom. There he was. Uh, he got a, uh, uh, two two smite secures right where it was two jungles against two junglers against each other smite versus smite. Eric got won the smite fight twice uh, in the first like five or six minutes. It was like yeah really early on yeah, we yeah were, he like, was
0: like Casey, he, Casey lost his uh, gromp and uh, chickens yeah. I think yeah early
1: yeah it it was a couple of them where it was like Casey maybe smited early or didn't get the smite off in time and you could tell Eric was like dialed in man uh so that was really cool to see um what else what else oh yeah his kda at like seven minutes like five minutes was like seven and two like (laughs) it's like oh my goodness this is taking over and uh yeah like the 14 minute mark he already had second dragon for you guys 16 minutes you guys had a seven thousand gold lead uh he got a quadra kill at the 20 minute mark, followed by uh, an eventual ace. Um, really, really crazy stuff uh, from you guys for the first 20 minutes. Well, then around the 18, 20 minute mark, Just Good Enough said, like, enough is enough, right? <laughs> We're done with this. We're going to somehow come back. So they get, um, uh, to my point about Zaya, right? She gets this amazing, so Scion's coming in from the side, full choo choo train mode, and Zaya ults. Out of the way, he goes in between two other players and just kind of keeps it moving. It was the most perfectly timed ult from Zaya. Like, I was so impressed. That was such a cool moment. And yeah, I mean, really utilized that champion to perfection uh, in that, that very specific instance. Um, it was around the 22-minute mark or so. Uh, and then re- following afterwards, around 25 minutes, uh, huge fight, right? And you guys basically go four for four. Both teams lose four members. Uh, so obviously JGE gaining a little confidence and not losing a team fight like they did in the past couple uh, Actually getting a couple of picks there, uh, picking off the zin getting a few other characters um, Really kind of built up their confidence a little bit Fiora got a triple kill uh, and uh, She got a, a solo dragon after that, too uh, And then finally after getting that triple kill Boom the whole breaker came in around 26 minutes and from that point on it was anybody's game. Fiora was trying to carry, you were doing some carry work on your end. you know, Zinn obviously doing a lot of work too. Um, And there was a moment, man, at the like 30 minute mark, you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, like you're 2v1 in the top or bot lane and you're like really far pushed up. And so like Nautilus comes in, you're like, oh crap, I gotta get out of here. Somehow you escape that 2v1 to get back to the base. And, like, Fiora's just hard pushing the top lane tower. She's got a minion wave. Holebreaker's doing work. She's getting the towers in, like, six autos. Mm-hmm. Bop, bop, bop. They're, they're dead, right? And so she goes, one, two, and now she's at the Nexus turrets, and you come up with this hero play, bro. It was like, <laughs> Fiora had tower aggro, and she went in for you, like, I can just get him right here. And you did, like, this fancy footwork thing where you kind of hug the Nexus, but then avoided uh the riposte like dude it was like oh man and like one 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 more tower shot because she would have avoided one of those or if it would have been one less auto from you the game's over jge wins that game it was like i mean we're talking a hundred maybe 200 health difference between uh the end of the game being right there in their favor and the whole game continuing and so huge props to you for that hero moment keeping your fingers from just exploding in, in, on the keyboard and just mashing every key because that's probably what i would have done uh yeah like in that moment i was like justin oh my goodness hero play okay um that was huge and then the game wasn't over at that point though uh you know fiora gets those three turrets almost wins the game there's only about a half a turret left in front of your nexus dragon soul gets picked up as well while that's happening so they're still gaining advantages on just good enough Well, then somehow you guys come out of that fight, right, where all your guys come back up off spawn, immediately barrel down to the dragon pit trying to contest the dragon soul. Just good enough gets the soul, but then you guys start a fight, and you win the fight. You guys get like an ace off of the fight that they just basically won to end the game. So it was like this crazy back and forth. You guys get get the ace right there after they secure the dragon soul. And then I can tell on the comms, it's like, go, 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 push, push, push. Cause all you guys barreled into the enemy team's base, somehow knocked it down. And, uh, yeah, what an ending, man. Like 31 minutes, 46 seconds does not do it justice. That game could have been two hours long. It was, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, MVP, it's tough not to give it to you for the hero play. Right. But I had to give it to Eric, uh, Eric had an amazing game on Zen. Really put on a clinic from from minute two to minute thirty. He was involved in, in just about every single play, uh, and you could tell with his KDA. I mean, he had—I uh, don't remember what the final kill line the KDA was for the for the team, but he had, you know, thirty-five if you count his his kills and assists. Uh, so really, really big impact. And uh, yeah, I had to give it to Eric for sure.
0: Yeah. So. You mentioned a couple things. I was I was catching or causing some confusion with uh, one of the casters, uh, Rise. Rise. It's Rise in the Discord. I think Arisen, Risen. I think is is was the caster name. But uh, either way, uh, he saw me with Lethal Tempo on Sivir instead of Dark Harvest, and I typically do go like Dark Harvest Sivir um i like adcs that i have two different builds i can go like i like going varus i think last week uh before this previous match i went on hit varus instead of uh the lethality varus i like sivir because i can go dark harvest lethality sivir or i can go on hit sivir um and i went on hit sivir here because of the nocturne i'm sorry because of the nautilus and because of the fiora uh because with the lethality i would not be able to kill the fiora if it really came down to it and when it came down to that moment at the nexus if i were dark harvest lethality silver i don't win that fight like there's no way i could do enough damage to the fiora even though the fiora was tanking tower there's no way i would have done it i wouldn't be able to get enough auto attacks off my q uh maybe only one activation uh i wouldn't be able to hit both sides of my q because the fiora can dash it Um, it just had i gone any other build we would not have we would not have won that game um with yeah. dark harvest Lethality. I, I just i don't think that that would have that would have worked uh she would have killed me a lot uh faster um uh and yeah, I wouldn't have been able to you know to kind of really cut her i'd be I, I wouldn't have damaged her that much rather um so so that was that, and then from there is where we really kept them staggered, so that was late game. Uh, decision making that we made where we have all five up now uh just constantly force fights uh because fiora's dead they had four at the dragon so that was dragon soul and they're like okay they got dragon soul fine we were we have five people just run them down um so we run them down kill them and then by while those four are dead fiora's back up like okay just run her down like you just you keep staggering their death stagger their re, respawn time and respawn timers using those numbers advantages um you know to help win the game uh one -hmm. thing that we were really conscious of was the tp back into our base so we kept scion in the in the base try to keep an eye on fiora if Fiora was going to tp in so he was trying to push out that top lane a little bit and then once we had eyes on fiora we had scion tp in with us for for the end but i it, I think it was a really risky call because I think uh, Decker could have gone into the fountain, uh, the back of the fountain, and still TP'd in and still probably uh, taken out our base before we were able to take theirs just because of the hole breaker. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, that it was close. Uh, it was really, really close, and it came down to those really tough decisions. If, if Decker had tried to TP uh, – out of their base into our base, you know. Then you're risking. Do we stop the TP and then continue the push? Um, and then it's like, well, then I just threw because I tried a TP and I and I got my TP canceled. Um, but at the same time, uh, you, you want to stay and fight because we're pushing. So we really put them in a tough spot. And hindsight's always 2020. It's easy to look back and say, yeah, I should have done this. But uh, they definitely need to give themselves grace in the. In the moment because that was it, was close, it was a nail biter, and uh, they played it really, really well. And fortunately, we came out on top, um, barely. <laughs> that's, two, <laughs> that's two games now that we kind of squeak by. <laughs>
1: hey, you know, it's it's uh, win's a win, right? But a uh, dub
0: is a dub, that's right, that's
1: right. Yeah, and I loved, I just love seeing the passion from both teams because nobody was giving up like just good enough, probably couldn't have had. a a more difficult time getting to that 30 minute mark Mm -hmm. right like a lot of the stuff they were doing just wasn't working because you guys had an answer for it in most instances there were a couple like you know really cool moments here and there they had good farm in just about every lane right like the viego out farmed uh uh the zinjao by the end of the game uh so same with fiora so really some some bright spots uh but it was it was obviously you know in your control you guys had control for most of the match and then yeah right around 30 minutes it was like whoa this whole game got flipped on his head and uh it, you could tell like there was no quit and just good enough so yeah to your point right like cut yourself some slack you guys lost to an undefeated team it was your first loss of the season and i mean we, we're talking about uh, a loss that that was a razor's edge from being being a win and i really i really mean that like you know no no fluff it was it was really close
0: yeah we were throwing mid-game for sure we had they put us in some really uh, weird positions where we were getting pinched and so Mm -hmm. we had fiora and viego um, maybe uh, like north of us on the map and then we had the the annie Zaya uh nautilus south and so in those situations that completely negates what our comp wants to do like we want to hit r and then our whole comp wants to run together but if they have us pinched like that we had some issues in our comms where we were splitting up like eric and i were going after the annie xia nautilus and i'm trying to run away from the viego fior i don't want it i don't want any of that smoke right i'm i'm out um but then we we had a turn where you know like set and scion were are trying to go after the Fiora-Viego. Well, then, you know, Viego's getting resets and you know in, uh, invulnerability frames, and we're trying to kite back, but, you <laughs> know, the Fiora can easily take out the Scion because of, uh, you know, the you know hitting her vitals and all that stuff, and, and just because of how far ahead she was. So uh, that worked really well for them, and it put us in a tough spot, and we really had to sit in comms as we were respawning. We're like, yeah, we, we need to play that better. Like, we need to all focus one target because that's what our comp does best like we all run together and we we can attack their squishies we could we can blow up the annie and the Zaya so that they're completely out of the fight and then we can five man on the fiora or five man the viego and and take them out so yeah jge uh fought hard and uh it was it was a really cool match for sure It, it was fun to play um so, yeah, so that that wraps up the, the matches that we played last week. Real quick, uh, before we wrap up the podcast, we'll talk about some data that we've seen so far through uh, Coach Rivals. 65, we're up to 65 unique champion picks. Uh, three more from last week, those three unique ones being the Zaya, the Fiora, and the Zenzhou. We've talked about those making an appearance. Uh, highest pick band presence, Morgana, Morgana still at the top of the charts, 85% pick ban rate. So she's picked. She's she's had four picks um and one half of those, but you know, Nocturne also sitting at sixty-two percent PB rate with a hundred percent win rate. Um Lulu lagging behind. Lulu fifty four percent uh PB presence, only two picks, but still that zero percent win rate. Uh mordekaiser still sitting up there. mordekaiser received has received I think one loss. Yeah, four picks and a seventy five percent win rate. So Uh, Those are the champions that are getting the most attention during the pick ban phase. Uh, Win rate champs, hundred percent win rate champs. We have a lot of them, uh, but to what you mentioned before, the two that we really have to draw attention to would be the Nocturne and the set. They have the most picks, Nocturne sitting at four picks set, sitting at four picks and they win every single time uh, they're picked. So I, uh, I I I don't anticipate the Nocturne going through pick band phase anymore. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting the Strybreaker nerfs to affect him more than affect him more than what he did. But now he just now he gets a ninety percent slow once he hits you. <laughs> you know his ult comes through, he hits you, and then boom, ninety percent slow. You're you're not going anywhere. He doesn't have to use the gap close to stick to you. He, you're just you're slowed.
1: Yeah, Nocturne is uh, you know we talked about it when we started. Uh, coach rivals week one nocturne gets a buff anytime you're not playing shoulder to shoulder with people so uh you know whether it's the pro level the amateur level somewhere in between right and you're seeing it come up here every time he's picked that that team wins and it's because the power of that Nocturne ult, right you hit r and all of a sudden it affects every single champion on the enemy team not a lot they can do about it uh yeah Quick note, right? We talked about stuff you wish you knew earlier at the top of the cast. Just want to throw it out there. Uh, while QSS doesn't uh, doesn't really do much for Nocturne's Hold, you can get an item that uh, that cancels it, right? It's called Banshee's Veil. I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. Pick up a Banshee's Veil, and as long as no one else has popped that, as long as no one else has used it up, because you only get one use every every two minutes or so. I forget how that works exactly. Uh, but when he casts his R, your blind is is cleansed. So you don't have to with oh. Yeah, yeah. Pro tip for you guys. Uh, I don't think QSS also does that. Uh, it's only Banshee's Veil. And there's another item that does it too. The Knight's Edge um, or the uh, yes. Lethality yeah. item. Yeah. Yes, Knight's Edge. So Banshee's Veil, uh, not necessarily the strongest item in the game. It's a really underutilized one. It's a really old item. But if you're if you're having tr- if Nocturne does get through the pick band phase, and you just don't want to deal with that that blind effect, that's maybe something you want to look at. Um, but yeah, he's he's been a menace. And then you see Set come through, just like Nocturne. Set is a versatile champion. He can go top lane, he can go mid. Set jungle was even a thing for a while. We haven't seen it, you know, recently. But uh, but yeah, he's really he's really versatile, and that's why you're seeing Set. Uh, be so successful as well because he can kind of pick which matchup does, does the top lane matchup work better for me does the mid lane matchup work better i'm gonna go with the one i like and then we'll we'll lock in the other lane at, at, at the last pick so i love to see uh set come through because of the flexibility but again he's a menace man like he's just so hard to deal with because you don't know you don't know what lane he's going into until the end of the pick ban phase uh, and then the other one that uh, you probably didn't want me to bring up, right? hope It was slipped through. Is the Scion with 100% yeah. <laughs> win rate, zero percent band rate, man. So shout out to Coach Magros. Yeah, just holding it down, man. He's he's planted his flag on on Scion, and it's worked. So you know, kudos to him. Maybe we'll see some more Scion come through. Maybe we'll never see it again. Who knows? But uh, I love seeing. Uh, you know, the Nocturne is set with that 100% win rate just really talks, just goes to, not that they're over tuned, but just that like uh, uh, Coach Rivals is such a unique uh, pool of, of, of uh, you know, competitors. Nocturne plays into a lot of those strengths really well. So i uh, love to see it.
0: Very cool. We'll take a look at our zero percent win rate champs for a second. Those are still struggling to grab their first win. We've got a few. Uh, most of them are sitting at just one pick, um, but some notable ones that have multiple picks would be Lulu, Nar, Amumu, Kog'Maw, Vagar, and Ramus. Uh, I'm surprised to see the Vagar having zero percent. Uh, we mentioned uh, in a previous episode of uh, Vagar having just this like crazy influence on season one. Uh, So, yeah, he's still looking uh, for his first win. Looking at our most picked, uh, we're going to go and check in on our resident uh, deep sea boy, Nautilus. (laughs) Uh, He's uh, seven picks. He is at a 29% win rate. So he is still topping the charts in the most picked. Varus sitting at six. Uh, I've played some Varus, and uh, Dr. Strange Glove, I think, has played Varus every single match uh yep. for uh for coach diff so there's seeing a lot of play and then I'm actually really surprised to see the Anivia with five picks. Uh I thought Anivia is risky to play because of the immobility but uh that that I think that's the one that surprises me the most is five five Anivia picks.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of our mid lane um a lot of our mid laners here they they prefer those kind of Control Mage style, right? Like we've seen a little bit of Oriana and uh, some Victor and stuff like that. Um, Anivia is such a unique champion because, you know, her wall obviously, you know, works in tandem with a lot of other champions. Uh, you know, like Orn can smash through the wall. You've got like stuff with uh, uh, Nar smashing people into the wall. So really love to see, uh, you know, some of the creative team play in that in that aspect. Uh, but yeah, Anivia is not necessarily something that's typically a contested pick. So uh, you know, cool to see again something unique from Coach Rivals, kind of like the uh, you know the Veigar last year, the Maokai last year. We saw so many teams valuing that pick, and then this year it's it's flipped to something else. So uh, obviously the Nautilus and the Anivia are really really big ones. Um, Nautilus, uh, Nautilus is seeing a lot of play. He's been the go-to uh support champion we've only seen him in a role other than support once so six of those seven games he's been a supporter and yeah like our deep sea boy man he's been holding it down his win rate was at zero through two weeks so he's climbed up significantly uh since that that initial showing uh, um, you know started off kind of like lulu did a lot of really uh you know unfortunate games didn't go ba- bounce his way also worth noting it's pretty interesting the most picked champion And the only champion on this list with a zero percent ban rate—he's never been banned. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, maybe teams aren't aren't thinking he's worth a ban because of the low win rate, or you know, it's very specific matchups, and they're pulling him out every time they they see the opportunity. I don't know exactly, but I don't I don't think his ban rate is going to stay at zero percent. If I had to guess, right? If anything on the on this list is going to change, I think he's going to get a couple more picks. I think he's going to get a couple more bands too,
0: though. All right. We'll see if your prediction rings true. Uh, Speaking of bands, our most banned champion is Morgana. We've talked about Morgana ad nauseum so many times, Uh, just the black shield being so uh, oppressive. Uh, Followed up are the rest of the top three or the rest of the top four bands rather are Lulu, Diana, who's a menace in the jungle and Tristana. Tristana's actually been banned a lot. And, and that, I think goes towards uh, that's more towards mid lane. It's not ADC, but it's uh, I think a lot of that is targeted at Sones. (laughs) Sones has not Mm -hmm. been able to play Tristana uh, at all, and it's just one of those champions where if she gets ahead, she gets resets. She takes towers very quickly, so I think teams are kind of staying away from that pick. So uh, that wraps up four weeks. That these are the standings going into week number five. (laughs) I'm leaving Coach Diff at the top. You're welcome, uh, Decker and <laughs> what a gentleman, Decker and Co. All right, or Coach Diff. No, I'm sorry, uh, that's JG. Uh, that's uh, it's Hernandez. I'm leaving Hernandez, y'all yeah. at the at the top because you've played one extra game. So because you've played four games, you have the same number of wins as Team Tragedy. But I'm putting you in first because you've played an extra game. So they're still sitting at the top of the standings at three and one. Team Tragesty coming in second, three and O. Deathcat for Cutie climbing the standings. They're back to two and two because they've played the extra game. I give them a slight edge over Hotline Ping and JGE, who are sitting both at two and one. The team on the right uh, getting a win in their column, sitting at one and two, and then Immortals and Spawn of Baron sitting at zero and three. And that leads us into our matches. For this week, we are going to have Immortals versus Spawn of Baron. One of these teams will take sole possession of eighth place. So I'm going to flip. This. <laughs> Normally, I say one of these teams will no longer be winless. We're going to say yeah. one of them will take sole possession of eighth place, uh, moving to zero and four. Uh, hate to see it. Unfortunately, both of these teams, they, it can't just end up in a draw, and they both end up one and three. You know, somebody's yeah. going to lose, but but one of them is going to get a win. I uh, get a one in the win column, so that's great. Hotline Ping taking on JGE, uh, so a a battle of these two and one teams. Spawn of Baron and is is then going to be taking on Team Tragedy, and notice a little asterisk next to Spawn of Baron, so they may be one and three, they may be zero oh and four. Taking on the undefeated team Tragedy, and then Coach Diff looking to uh, bounce back from their loss against Deathcap for Cutie uh, versus taking on JGE, who at that point could also be three and one if they win their match versus Hotline Ping. So a couple of banger matches coming in. Uh, which one are you most excited to see?
1: Man, uh, I, I really okay. I hope they air two of these because it's high for me. <laughs> The Immortals versus Spawner Baron game is going to be incredible. I can't wait. Like, you know, we're talking. Oh yeah, one of you guys has to get a win and stuff. But like, yeah, okay, sure. We're four weeks in, and and neither team has a win. But this team is so. I mean, this league is so tight that. I mean, you just saw a one-win team beat an undefeated team just this past week, right? So anything can happen. Don't get down on yourselves, you guys. I'm really expecting a strong game from both teams. I want to see something crazy that we haven't seen before. And uh, if that happens, I'll definitely be really happy. But either way, I know that's going to be a good one, right? In Yordles versus Spawn and Baron. The other game I really am super hype about, it's got to be the Hotline Ping versus JGE. These are both teams that have only lost one game, right? And JGE, we'll see, right? Maybe they've, by the time they get to the end of the week, they might lose two this week. But uh, really, Hotline Ping versus JGE, I think these te- these two teams are very similar in terms of, uh, you know, level of skill and also like their their uh, team compositions are really similar in a lot of ways. So it'll be really fun to see who picks up the Nocturne, who gets set, right? Because they both they both kind of like those picks. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good one. I hope we get to see it. If we don't, then I hope we get to cast it. Maybe, maybe me and Justin will get to, to cast the VOD. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah. So I believe... If I, if Chad is correct, uh, Coach Diff and JGE will be streamed. Uh, that one will be at the regular time of six p.m. Central. Uh, so that one should be a really good one. And you really look at it, uh, JGE could be sitting at like that three and O right. They they took tragedy all the way to the very end of the match, and it was just you know a couple of auto tacks away from being three and O. So really these that uh, as Patty is saying in the chat the records are not indicative of the ability like especially when you look at that first match of Immortals versus Spawn of Baron those that team uh, that match will actually be played an hour early so it's possible we may be able to get some casters in there to be able to stream that one as well i'm excited to see that cuz Immortals has come so Close. they almost beat Trashy you know we, we mentioned earlier Tragedy winning two games you know just barely uh, one of them was against the Immortals so I don't think we've seen the full shakeup of the standings yet you know when you look at the standings and you see these teams sitting at the top it's they're not as so much at the top as it as it appears right There's there are a lot of uh, teams that everything is really close and if this league has shown anything as you mentioned that any team can beat any other team I, I think that's what we've seen Um and so oh yeah yeah so I'm excited I hope Immortals and Spawn of Baron uh, is able to get streamed by our casters and then they can tune in for our six o'clock central matchup between Coach Diff and JGE so Ronnie any parting words for episode four
1: uh well this marks the halfway point of our season right not including playoffs we've essentially we've now crested half of of our games right and uh these games coming up this next week some makeup games and stuff you know maybe my math's off by one or two games but at this point right we're only halfway through so anything i always say anything that can happen can happen in reverse right so you got your teams who are sitting at two and one three and know oh, well you could lose the next three games and whatever and everything could flip around so i can't wait to see if we get a couple of uh you know, the game's taken off of these top teams who are perceived to just kind of waltz into the playoffs. Every single team's going to playoffs, right? So nobody's out of the fight yet. Uh, I love seeing uh, the heart that everybody has uh, for this game. So, so, you know, keep that coming. Um, the only other thing I wanted to cover was uh, a couple champs that I wanted to see in this next week right, of games. Let's hear it. All right, this will be quick, right? I won't, I won't take up too much time. Uh, number one, and this is a, a selfish one, Cled, I want to see some Cled come through, guys. And one of the reasons I want to see Cled is because he actually works really well with Hullbreaker. He gets his auto attack uh, on his E reset or, uh, reset really often, right? So he gets his like four autos that come in quick succession. That, in addition to working with Hullbreaker, I mean, that should just melt towers. So I'd like to see I'd like to see some of that come out. He doesn't get the, the you know the minion buffs. It's fine. It's the same as any other champ. But I'd love to see some Hullbreaker Cled um yeah decker guy play some clad man thank you i'd love that uh i'd love again i'm gonna call it the yumi but that's just kind of you know i i'm just in a in a dream a dream world we'll see yumi uh and then the last one i want to see we've seen it before but i want to see jarvin again and the main reason i'm bringing up jarvin again is because i think he's he's a really tough champion to play in specific team comps you kind of have to build around him um but with the stridebreaker nerf I think Stridebreaker is like the perfect item for Jarvan now, actually. That's going to sound weird as a jungler, but you don't get the dash anymore, but you get 200 extra health, right? He likes health, right? So that's, that's nice. You get a, a nice health boost. You get the 90% slow. Well, that's in addition to the slow he gets from his shield, which is like a 40% slow. So you can kind of combo those two things and, and keep people slowed for longer than most other champions at that point, it's almost a Nasus seven or eight seconds slow. Um, so, so comboing those things in addition to his old the flag and drag the knockup, I think he's got a really loaded kit. And in the right team composition, I think Jarvan could be a menace. Um, but you know, again, it's got to be the right composition. You can't just throw him in there and then hope he carries the game. That's not the kind of champion he is. So. Those three are the ones I want to I want to see some, some of or some more of uh, in this next week or two. Uh, what about you, Justin?
0: Uh, I am not going to second seeing that tapeworm in the bot lane. <laughs> I don't want to see uh, Yumi. Although, no. I will say this. Uh, if there's a Yumi on the enemy team... Uh, by the way, Danielle, if you're listening, please don't pick Yumi. Um, <laughs> if, if there's a Yumi on the enemy team, then it does make for easy decision-making and targeting. Like, you just target the... You you target the carry that the that the Yumi's on. So when we when we gain when the jungler ganks, there's no like, okay, who are we targeting? You know, we're not having to try to coordinate that. Um, but I, I think I like Jarvin. I like Jarvin with the stribreaker uh, buffs too, or the stribreaker adjustments, we'll say. You know, he can he can EQ in, pop the slow on everybody, and then that's a lot of crowd control. So instead of burning your ult early save your ult for when that slow comes off and if they flash away then you ult on them uh so just some really cool stuff let them burn their escape mechanisms and then you go you go straight in apparently apparently danielle's in chat no i don't want you (laughs) to play yumi good lord please i want it uh so no no yumi uh but again i like the jarvan pick uh who was your who was your third one Remind Kled. me. Kled, okay. Kled. I think Kled would be cool. I think with Holebreaker, I think Cled is awesome. I think Cled is another pick similar to like Scion. Uh, you get that go button. You know, my ult is up. Let's make something happen. I think Cled would work really well with the comp that we were trying to run on, Try to see that we just keep getting our hands on. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if, if Mike knows Cled uh, or, or has played much Kled. Um, I would be interested to see... Um, if any of our mid laners are going to bring out something like Akali. Akali is still really, really strong. Uh, Nocturne is getting nerfed on the next patch, so I don't expect to see a lot of Nocturne. I think his lane sustain is being dropped a little bit, um, so he's not as safe uh, in lane. But, you know, we haven't seen any Akali. I would love to see some Akali come out. Uh, Maybe Bullet Games will bring that out. Shout out to Bullet Games for getting the first Penta of Coach Rivals, even though it was an exhibition match. It wasn't the official season. We'll still shout it out uh, very cool Penta on the Katarina, so I would expect if anybody's going to bring out an Akali pick, it would be him. Um, but Akali, you know, sitting at 17% in popularity on this patch, a 47.97 uh, win rate, and it's banned 22% of the time. That's and that's a global um, that's global presence for Akali. So she's a very very popular pick. We just, nobody's attempted to pilot her yet, so uh, please pick her not against my team, and uh, yeah, we'll be, I'll be happy.
1: I love it. Yeah, and, and again, the Clint, uh, Coach Magros is like, I don't even own Clint, man, like it's not happening. <laughs> but, uh, but Clint, Clint is also not the type of champion that you could just pick up and play. It's a little complicated with his like remount thing yeah. with, with uh, Scarl. so don't don't jump into it blind, play a few games first, see if you even like it, but Please, please play it. I love Clint so much. He's even on my mural. I got the picture. I'm gonna put it up. I promise. Uh, I love Clint. Anyway, right, good, so, pick, good pick. Yeah,
0: predictions. Uh, it was just announced. You heard it here first on Riff Happens. Coach Diff is gonna bring Akali. Uh, it was Boom. it was said in chat by Hernandez. It's official. So it is official. Uh, no bamboozles. <laughs> You bamboozle, yeah. you get the bamboozle. So, we, <laughs> if they do not pick a collie this week, we will ban Hernandez Teaches from the Co Travels Discord server. I love it.
1: Yeah, right. You're out of here, bro. You lied. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: All right, very cool. All right, well, thank you all so much for being here. That's going to do it for us for episode four. Thank you for burying through our technical difficulties. Uh, The audio version will be cleaned up and pieced together, but uh, Streamlabs was not cooperating with us. Again, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, For Ronnie B, I'm Justin T. We're signing off. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, see you
1: Tuesday.